What would you say you do here? Hi, this is Mark Rabin from Kinexus. This is the third episode in our series about what people do at Kinexus, and we're joined today by Kalen Lewis. Kalen, hi. Thanks for taking time to talk on the Kinexus podcast. How are you? Good. How are you, Mark? I'm doing well. So the question we're asking everybody here is, you know, what do you do here at Kinexus? Uh, so according to Kinexus.com on the team page and my email signature, I'm the test engineer for the development team, which is kind of a uh, meaningless term if you're not in the development industry. So basically what I do is while the developers are developing their code, I will afterwards, once it's completed, go and test it to make sure that it is of quality for our customers. It works the way we expected it to work and it ultimately does the job that the customers are expecting it to do with uh, hopefully no bugs, but minimal bugs as possible. And it is the goal, I guess, trying to catch things that would really be a major concern to customers? Is that how quality checks are set up in, in software? Or can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so definitely. Uh, during the development process, we have a lot of meetings with the product team. We define uh, basically requirements that we would like all of the new features that we're developing for our customers to have. So based on those requirements, I'll test to make sure that, first of all, the ticket does everything that the product team intended it to do. Um, the next thing I test is that the product doesn't do anything <laughs> that the product mm. team <laughs> intended it to do. So um, making sure that no permission boundaries were broken or that a user can't see certain items that they're not supposed to. So half of it is checking to make sure it works. And the other half is checking to make sure that it is not broken, which is very different than checking to make sure if it works. Yeah. yeah. One of those is a little bit more open-ended, I guess, right? Definitely. So when you're going off of, um, you know, a paragraph, bullet points, couple paragraphs of what the product is supposed to do, that's very straightforward, but then it becomes a little more creative when you're trying to test for things that the product shouldn't do uh, because there's a lots of ways you can break a product or there's a lot of different ways you can use a product that it wasn't intended to do. Mm -hmm. So that's where the created creativity sort of comes in is thinking of all the ways I could use a product, use a new feature uh, that could potentially maybe have an effect that the development team wasn't thinking about. Because as we know, as users of software, uh, sometimes we don't exactly know where to click or what we're doing. Um, and we can have affected or we can have results that, you know, effectively we weren't expecting. And that kind of is another part of my job is making sure that the application uh, is intuitive for the user, that the intu that the user knows where to click and doesn't have a hard time uh, following the workflow of the application. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, what, what's a typical day look like for you in terms of how much time you're working, you know, kind of in the software doing the testing versus having meetings with different people uh, within the company? Yeah. So my workday is actually always different every time mm -hmm. I come in. Uh, one of the things that I didn't mention previously that I work on as well at the office is I'm currently making an automated suite, which... Uh, basically means that I'm creating script right now that when I press a button, we'll be able to test the basic functionality of the application so I can use my manual testing effort to kind of test the more creative, obscure use cases I was talking about a little bit earlier. Mm. Um, so depending sort of where we are on the development cycle affects my workday. So uh, usually the first half of the development cycle or a new release, I will be working on the automated 
test suite. And that's while the developers are developing the new features. I'll be working on my scripts, um, building that automated suite up. Then once the developers are sort of finishing up the tickets and handing it off to me for testing, my time kind of changes and the majority of my day is spent testing those new tickets. And then once testing is wrapped up, I also am on the support team and I work on updating the support site. So the last final days of the release, uh, once everything is tested and the product team is finalizing everything, I will then go work on updating the support site um, making sure the images on the support side are nice and have arrows and are easy to follow um, and match up with the wording and updating with the new features. So it, it, so it really like, kind of depends on where we are in the development cycle, but mm -hmm. every day is a little different. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of variety and new, hopefully opportunities for, for growth and learning on your part. Absolutely. When I came in, I was not um, working on support work. It's something that I started doing later in my career and I've learned a lot from it. And I find the variety in work to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it makes my day a lot more exciting going in knowing I will be working on something different every single day. Uh, it's very fast paced and I enjoy it. It keeps me on my toes and it makes coming into work a lot more interesting and a lot more exciting. Yeah. Well, and then final question, thanks for talking about what you do here. And you're also asking everyone, you know, what's something that's an interest um, outside of work? So I think my biggest interest outside of work is probably music. Mm -hmm. um, I've been playing music for a couple of years now. I love listening to music. It's kind of a joke in the office. I always have my headphones on when I'm working. We actually have a siren now that makes noise. Uh, that the dev team can play. So if I can't hear them through my headphones, I know that they're trying to contact me. Like a flashing light siren? <laughs> it's a well, it is a flashing light that's supposed to be our Anton cord, but we <laughs> added sound to it because the light wasn't enough and I have my headphones on. So <laughs> now we have a sound siren. I love music. Uh, I'm a vocalist and I'm also a pianist. I love playing the piano. Uh, another hobby of mine is I'm also a illustrator and I do some graphic design work and my professional interests outside of work are computer security. Um, once I graduated college and started my first career right outside of college, I continued my education at Stanford University and got a certificate in advanced computer security. So I do a lot of time reading and keeping up to date with Cybersecurity, uh, computer vulnerabilities, that's something I'm also very passionate about and like to keep up with in my free time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so I'm, I'm tempted to go back and ask just one other thing, though, because you mentioned and on cord. For people <laughs> who are listening who don't know what that is, can, can you explain briefly what that is, how it's used in the office? Yeah, so the and on cord was a concept that was developed at Toyota, but basically anytime something goes wrong in the development office or we need someone's attention immediately, we have a siren, which is a representation of the and-on cord. Mm -hmm. And originally you could pull the and-on cord if you needed anyone's attention on the floor. If there was a problem, everything stopped at the Toyota factory mm -hmm. uh, when this and-on cord was pulled. And so we took that idea and made it work for our office space. And we have a yellow siren that is connected to a clapper, of course. So if you clap, it uh, lights up and spins around and also makes a horrible siren sound. 
and <laughs> any of the developers in the Dallas office, if we need to stop what we're doing and take a break and everybody needs to get together and kind of reconfigure, we will clap for the siren and everybody's attention is, is uh, refocused towards hmm. trying to solve the problem. Very cool. It's a very interesting adaptation of something from the Toyota assembly line. That's um, We tried to find a way to put an actual cord in the room. We did use all of our engineering brains together, but it just, <laughs> it didn't seem obtainable at the time. Well, it's fine. You know, in some Toyota plants, they have push buttons instead of a cord. So there's different okay. ways, there's different ways of accomplishing the same thing. So thank you for uh, sharing a little bit uh, about that um, as well. So um, Thank you, Kalen, for, for joining us and um, taking a part in our little podcast series here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Mark.